Welcome to Culturally Biased, the podcast for the people. And you know they got the touch like Midas. Them local pods give you a touch of the itis. If y'all subscribe to anything else, it must be a minus, man. The dopest combos every week, yeah, you know it's lit. And they always dropping jewels, better get a grip. Them topics hit like a no look left from Danny Swift. Them discussions are mean, you know the guests wanna be when shiz and O on the scene. Look, them animals at this podcast, ignore the poachers. And we coming for that spot, boy, I thought I told you. Current events, business tips for the culture. And that's including everyone except the poachers. No poachers. Welcome to Culturally Biased, where we discuss everything in the culture, for the culture, by the culture, excluding the vultures. I'm your host, O. It's me, Mike. What's going on, Mitch? How you doing, yo? Pretty good, man. Good to see you. Shut up, man. See, that's how we going to start today? Let's get this on the road, man. <laughs> How to you, man. Good to see you. What's up, man? Nothing, what man. you do to use out here? What, a day? So we got to go get an haircut, nah. that's it. We're just waiting for the waiting till seven thirty. Yeah, dog. you show the people you got the curly top. Yeah, you drop them stuff. That's a new cut, man. It's gonna pick up everything. What the phone? Yeah, it's all right, man. Bang they ain't know. They ain't know. Yeah, it's on video. They gonna see it. But um, how was your week though? Uh, it's cool, man. I ain't. Uh, I'm on vacation from work, so. For real? Winter vacation? Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Um, I'm getting tortured in the house. <laughs> all is all is virtual school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have a very, very, very special guest today in the building. We got company today, baby. <laughs> so I expect you to be on your best behavior. We got company today. today. <laughs> I'll be chilling, dog, dog. You know, man. So many ways to introduce this guy, man. Um, uh. The chef, but we ain't talking about Raekwon or or or, or Steph. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cultural icon, mm-hmm. fashion guru. I mean, I can keep going, man. Um, I don't know, man. It's a lot, man. But we got the we got the uh, the world famous Big Rube in the building today. How you doing, man? I'm great, great. Thanks for having me. We appreciate Thanks you coming on, man. No Thanks doubt. for coming. Thanks for coming. Yeah, man. Uh, I've been waiting for this interview for a while, man. So um, we gonna jump right into. We gonna jump around today. You know, we gonna talk about talk about the fashion, the cooking, of course, Mitchell and us. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, for we gonna start though. We wanna start from the beginning. You know what I mean, I mean, uh, where you grew up at and all that. So you wanna jump into that? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in West Philly, you know, uh, my parents was married, you know, they was in uh, Nation of Islam, yeah. um, got divorced when I was three, and um, so I just had a, basically a righteous upbringing, you know what I mean, like, my my father and my mom said, we ain't raised you to be no Negro, right? Uh-huh. so, you know, <laughs> so a lot of stuff that I saw that was going on in the streets with my peers, you know what I mean? Right. My morals wouldn't allow me to go there. So. That's what's up, yeah. man. That's what's up, definitely. 
Uh, what what high school you went to? West Philly High. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True West Philly-ian. Yeah, I was yeah. saying. Dropped West out in 91. Okay. <laughs> what grade was that? Uh, 11th grade. Yeah, oh, yeah. he was like, dang, I can't do one more year of this, man. Yeah, after <laughs> I got hurt, I was playing on the uh, varsity football team and uh, playing MLK. And um, the linebacker sat on my ankle, the ah. one that I'm wearing a boot at oh, now. Right. I, but I blocked for a touchdown. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like. They got her on the same play. Yeah, I'm crying for my mother. My coach, Coach Kelly, pulled me up. He's like, man, just blocked for a touchdown. My thing just blew up. Ambulance came. So it broke, you broke it? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, hey. Cracked like a chicken bone. Oh, man. Yeah, I, like, broke, I, think I, I broke my ankle when I was 16. Oh, man. Never Come out on, in front of the. Yeah, on the, on the court. coming out of that no, coming out of that club. We, uh, oh, you talking about that part? Uh, yeah. Oh, that was your knee. I'm talking about. Yeah, I broke my ankle in 16, man. Never. That, that's the worst pain in the world. It's, my ankle still ain't right, yeah, man. Totally. Never Ooh. get right. So, get it together, man. Yeah. Were you um growing up and I say you said you grew up and you seen like so basically you seen everybody hustling and and selling drugs like you get into. What kept you off the streets as far as not wanting to sell drugs or anything like that? Like, what was your... I mean, everybody has a vice, and, you know, it depends on your your household, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Like, my mom and my grandma, they ruled it like a fist. My grandfather, right. you know what I mean? So it was just like... I was learned. I was taught early. If I'm disappointed in you, that's the worst thing. Right. So I never mm-hmm. wanted them to be disappointed right. in me. So, you know what I mean. I I seen a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I'm not saying like I walked that line. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, I knew where to cut it off. Right. You okay. know what I mean. I saw my peers was like, oh yeah, let's do this. Still car. Let's uh, be corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, be lookout boys. I'm like, nah. You know what I mean. Right. My folks ain't going for that. <laughs> right. 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 So and you know. I, I court all that, you know what I mean? You corny, rude, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? This and that. But <laughs> I, my self-esteem was so strong from my household, right. it didn't even matter. <laughs> right, you right, know what right. I mean? That's and I, I know it's sad to say, through the generations, most people can't handle that pressure. Right, yeah. They, no, I'm going to just join in. You right. see what we see in the hood. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's a, it's a group mentality that, for for negativity, not positivity. Right, Just imagine sure. we put that a positive. We'd be the strongest force. Yeah, sure, we don't have a sure, lot of man. we don't have a lot of upbringings like you have nowadays. Yeah, like no. everybody in the house supporting you so much to where you don't have to play in the street, so on and so forth. Or, yeah. or, or it's not even be cool to try to I mean hustle all type of shit like that. Yeah, it's not even two parent households, man. You know, yeah. usually coming up is I think I was the last out, so I'd be forty seven in February and I grew up with a lot of people, you know, a lot of guys, girls, they my mother and father was in the house. That's dope. Like that, yeah, that was I could count on my hands yeah. how many of my friends had both parents in their household. <laughs> he one of them. Um that's it, man. We, but I got a, it's a group of us, and we all came out good. Like we ain't, none of us really touched the street. Yeah, a couple of you, us. And that's like the. But we had a solid upbringing, and I think it was more so because we were together. Yeah, that's and what I'm about to say. So, it's like you get you get raised a certain percentage at home, and then that other percentage is like whoever you I mean whoever you hang with in the streets or whatever. Yeah. That's that's also depending on like you said you had. 
such a good upbringing in the house mm-hmm. outside and influence you no like that no, i worked and, at i worked at burger king and uh right and i used to wear my uniform because for me that was, i was proud like i'm earning my own money right and they used to clown me look right. at him he flipping burgers for the white man oh right. it was crazy like but my mm. self-esteem, like, it didn't get to me. Right. The guys that work with me, as soon as the shift was over, they take that that, that uh, Burger King polo right. shirt off. No, nah, ain't nobody seeing me in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was just like, that's, when you see where you going, and, that, you know, you got to see it yeah. and then walk into it. But when you see it, right. it don't even phase you. You so, know what I mean? So, like, like, the, like the hustlers and the trappers in your, in your neighborhood, you ain't never see them like, damn, dog, I'm trying to see what that what that's about. They get into the bread off fast. Oh no, you know, everybody wanted to be Benji, Tommy Hampton, my cousin right. Giovanni, you know what I mean? Like they had the the uh man, it's so many hood stars that came out of my hood that I go see a lot of them in federal prison now. It's just right. like, wow. You know what I mean? And they so proud of me, it's like of all that you did. De- you determined to be solid, right? And I'm their motivation. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like it, it's just, it, and it's a humbling thing because when I'm driving up there to see them, and when I go there, it's just like, like big Rube in a visiting room. It's like, right. and I, you know, at the end of the day, people always put things in like perspective. Like, damn, you know, you, you, you did this, but I mean, for me, like I just drove up here to see it, like. I'm me, like right. yeah. this is ain't no real humble guy. Yeah, yeah, like and and that's how I was raised. It's like I'm willing to put the work in that you will never do. Right. So whatever accolades come from that is, but at the end of the day, is what I want to do for sure. You know what I mean, and sad not too many people have that motivation. To right. Just like look, I get up six o'clock in the morning. Do this, do that, and people only see like ten percent right. of what. Oh, right. that, nah, uh-uh, it's so much. I'm about to say, yeah, they, <laughs> they don't see the work. They yeah, see yeah. The work. They, they, all they see is the, they see the finished product. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, they, they, they don't see you driving when you gotta go. They just see when you park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. get it. I definitely get it. So, um, how'd you get into the fashion, like all the, all the fashion world and all that, man? Yeah. So my mom, my grandmom, they seem true. So okay, I grew up seeing them beautiful women, uh, wedding gowns, prom dresses. I already I already saw that, and then just my my grand, they both just stylish women, right? And I always. I, I should have been in it so much faster, right? But that was one of the things that hindered me. I was like, man, that's a feminine thing. I didn't right. know that a lot of men in that is into the fashion game and just exploring because people always looked at me how I put together. Like they used to call me Baby Ralph in the hood because right. I had so much polo stuff and especially. I wasn't selling no dope. Right. I'm waiting tables at the time at the Holiday Inn. Okay. And I'm, you know what I mean? I'm going to Polo Shop. John Wanamaker's had yeah. to fly stuff. So all the hood stars, like, I rule fly to me and I'm hustling. You know right. what I mean? And dude, but look, yeah. look, look, look. Uh, <laughs> and you a big guy too. So that's like, like you killing them both ways. Yeah, man. yeah. So it was just like one of them things. Just so I led that way. Mm-hmm. And. 
always love sports. Right. I'm a sports fan. I mean, stats. Like, right. you can ask me certain things, and I just know it. I, right. I just have that type of memory. So I was able to put my love of sports and fashion and for a 10-year period shopping at a company called Mitchell & Ness, right. which I made a household name, mm-hmm. I was a customer. For sure. Putting jerseys on layaway, buying Negro League right. hats. But I was the one that gravitated towards those $300 jerseys yeah. that nobody touched. Everybody was going just to get the Negro League hats. Because right. that's what, in the early 90s, that's what you went to Mitchell & Ness for. Right. Get your Homestead Grays hat, Ethiopian clowns. Right. You know what I mean? All those, for sure. those hats. So I, I gravitated over there, and it was. That's when I know Mitchell and Ness had three different locations. Was that when it was? No, it was only one. 1229 okay. Walnut. Okay, that was the one near Agoberg, right? Uh, no, right right off the corner of 13th and uh, Walnut Street. Okay, because now yeah. they're on like. Twelfth and um twelfth um, and chestnut. Yeah, in between yeah. chestnut and market. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. What made you um what made you want to start, I guess, like styling other people? What made you now you want to put your fashion ideas on other, you know, individuals? I wanna well, see. That, that came out of, you know, one of the good things, you know, when dudes hustling, they got, you know, they got money to spend. So cats like the way I like put looks together mm-hmm. and you know talked about fashion. So you know what I mean. All the hood stars they would pay me to dress their their females. Okay, right. you know what I mean. I go shopping doing that. I was like, man, I I got business cards made up and everything. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I was telling people that you know that I had um, just just like mindedness and just seeing my future. Like, yo, I'm I'm going up New York. I'm going to, you know what I mean, start uh, styling videos and this and that. And it was just so lofty. And I got like, man, what you like? But I'm I'm the type, I get fuel off of that. Mm-hmm. You right. think my wildest ideas, and I'm like, I'm going to make it happen because I know how to put my head down mm-hmm. and just go for that target. You yeah. know what I mean? You the matter do it right there. I'm the bull. Boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was doing that. Like, um, this was in the time in the late 90s where everybody called me the cake man. That's uh, Chronicle and uh, Time Magazine right. and Sports Illustrated talking about. I used to go to all the hair salons and barbershops in Philly, all over the city. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I'm one of the very few dudes from Philly in Philly that didn't sell dope that was known like a drug dealer in the streets. Right. Everybody knew Big Rube the Cake Man in the 90s because mm-hmm. right. I went to all the hair salons and barbershops, sold my fresh cakes, my fried chicken, my ground turkey lasagna, all that. Right. <laughs> People knew me, you know right. what I mean? So, like, when it was uh, carnival time, going to the uh, summer league games, I like, Big Rube here, like, right. you know what I mean? It was just like... It was it was something because my cousin saw it. The one he doing life in prison in uh, Feds Giovanni. Okay, and he said he's like, "Yo, man, I'm telling you, he he the only one that seen me." Like he said, "You gonna change the world." He said, "Everybody love you. They right. just gravitate towards your spirit mm-hmm. because 
at the end of the day, I knew I was going to be doing a lot of things, but I didn't know particularly just that one thing. And I wasn't supposed to do one thing. Right. I just knew. I used to just have, just sitting around talking to the homies, shooting dice, be like, yo, my name built for these lights. People going to know who I am. Sure. You know, he took it for granted. Oh, whatever, whatever. Right. But like 20-something years later, it's like, from it, either they around or the social media or even letters from prison, mm-hmm. right. like Rube, you said it and you did it. That's amazing. So, <laughs> That's definitely amazing. Wow. Um, Philly, uh, Philly got a couple nice designers right now. And, um, I'm gonna say Milano. If you ever heard, yeah, of I her. know. Her. Yeah. Uh, Benny Pyro. It was B- Benny Pyro. Yeah. How you feel about these these young younger people with these brands? Like, I love it. You know what I mean. Yeah. Just express yourself. You right. know what I mean. Just put your head down. Go for that target. You know what I mean. It's like I always tell people. And some people reach out to me that's aspiring to do something. I was like, yeah. look. At the end of the day. I had my inspiration, because everybody have inspiration, sure. whether it's negative or positive. My inspiration came out of my household. Right. You know what I mean? Seeing what they did. So it was just like, okay, no limits. Just take it there. Because right. I seen my grandmom and women come in and like, well, I want it this way. He's like, you came to me, you getting it my way. <laughs> so that's how I do it. Like with all my services, right. I don't let the customer dictate what they want to me. It's sure. like, you came to me. I'm giving you what I'm going to give you. Right. That's why you came to me. My, right. I always learn. My grandma turns like, you know, this thing, the customer's always right. That's hogwash. Like I said, <laughs> it's like a customer has a million this range to go where they want for your services. For right. What they want. They came to you. Mm-hmm. You got them. Right. So they don't know what they want. That's right. for you to serve them, give them what you got. And don't gotcha. waver. So I mean, just I don't edit myself on nothing. Because half the time <laughs> we half the time we get custom stuff, and I know you're nice at what you do. I'm gonna say, yo, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I step back. Mm-hmm. Like let the artist be artist. Yeah, definitely. And whatever you do, a mechanic is an artist. Yeah, you know what I mean. So sure. that's is you expressing yourself. Yeah, you gotta let them do their thing, and then I'll be, mm-hmm. turn out the best way it possibly will. Yep. Did your photography hustle come in with uh, the fashion, or was that something after that or was came, before? Yeah, so the the photography was something because I always I grew up the Life magazines, and if y'all heard of Gordon Parks, the iconic photographer, I gotta look him up. Gordon mm-hmm. Parks, he he was um, he shot for um, Life magazine. He all those iconic photos you seen of. Um, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, he shot all those. Okay. Yeah, Gordon Park, he died in nine, uh, 2003. Gotcha. So Life Magazine, you know, his picture's in there. So my grandma was a subscriber, and he shot in Vogue. So I'm looking at all this stuff, the way he shot it, and that was in my cognitive. Like, right. okay, damn. So back in 2009, my brother bought me a camera I took him to an Eagles game on the sideline so he was like man I'm gonna buy you a camera for your birthday and I was like wow I always wanted a camera but it was it was a digital camera Mm -hmm. and I started going around shooting people on the street just candidly and I said I really want to take it back I went to a thrift shop bought a film camera as you got to put the the uh, film in there, right. thirty five exposures, and I really like. I said I'm gonna take this on the art level. 
Okay. And um, that's what I started doing. And that was crazy because I got two receptions honing my photography skills. It was like, I know you, you big rube. Or what you doing? What you taking my photo for? Like, you know, so. and, And I saw it and was like, it was a void in Philly for what I was doing because if you in New York, it was a, a famous photographer for New York Times, Bill Cunningham. That's what he did. He just went around Philly, took stylish, candid shots of people, whatever, posed. And I was like, wow, we don't have that here. So I started to blog, and I reached out to the newspaper. Right. And for five and a half years, I had the column in the paper. Yeah, you know I remember I mean? that. Yeah, and people were like women. They would email me. They would tweet me. Instagram was like, I'm, you know— I'm dressed this certain way. I hope I run into you. Right. And that was something. It was like how that in infancy, just me getting that camera, mm-hmm. me had a plan, and how that got executed. Just yeah, I, yeah. I always remember that from uh, they got you in a got you in the paper and you got the, the scarf around your neck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, mm-hmm. man. So, man, let's um. Let's jump into this the Mitchell and Ness thing, okay, man. Let's, let's right, talk cool, about cool. Mitchell, man. Um, so when you when you got on board, well, you said you were you was shopping there since yeah, '91. Yeah, yeah, I knew my old partner Peter. Okay, yeah, for ten years. You wow. Know I mean? Yeah. And because I didn't, I didn't even know Mitchell was open that long. Oh yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean, right, like right. I, I I knew it was like just like a little hobby shop. Oh, right. and everybody used to like. Well, nobody knew until like like you put everybody on. Mm-hmm. So, um, how did how did the whole partnership go? Yeah, so I mean, like I said, I was shopping there for ten years, and I always I, I had those lofty ideas, right. even like back in the mid nineties. I was like, I said, you don't know what you got. I said, right. man, I said, you know, cats. From my hood, they would love this. You know what I mean? It's just like I say every time I'm wearing these $300 jerseys, $500 jacket, I'm stopping traffic. And it's like, man, like you don't know what you got. So it was like I said, I got to put this out there. So I came to him with my buddy Seth Free. He's the one that set up the contract. My man Seth Free was and one, yeah, he I are, yeah, yeah, familiar. Mm-hmm. yeah. He and we grew up together. That's the way so like, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, what I mean, we put together the paperwork and everything. It was just like it. It was mm-hmm. nothing big in the infancy because it wasn't no budget. Right. It was a. It was a not less than a dozen people working at the company because this right. is how much I knew. I didn't. I just thought it was a store, but it was a company it had a few uh, other. Um, sporting goods stores around the country that he sold the jerseys to. Yeah. But, you know, when I came through, I infused hip-hop culture. I infused, sure. you know, our buying power right. and everything. And it was just like, you know, I my my man Troy Carter, who I grew up with, that was uh, Eve's manager. Right. Uh, um, he was a... Uh, Lady Gaga manager, you know what I mean? Okay. We come up together. We went to school and everything. And um, 
reached out to him and he would tell me where the video shoots at. And I would call, you know, back in the day when you flip the pages, a source and double XL, right. you call a record companies, magazines, all that. And they used to hang up on me. Right. Because, right, like, right, right. you know, nobody knew. And I always tell people and when I'm speaking, doing, because I do a lot of public speaking, right. and interviews, I'm like, really close your mind to it. It's like, if I say Mitchell Ness to you, forget about what I did. It's like, I said, what did it sound like? Like a law firm. For sure. A law firm. Sure. So I was like, I made a law firm sounding name into a worldwide brand. Right. So, you know, I had to do that because, like I said, I would call record companies and everything, and they would hang up on me. Right. Literally. Like, yeah, what? right. right. <laughs> no. So, like, I don't owe y'all yeah, any money. Yeah, Click. exactly. So, yeah. you know what I mean? I got on these video shoots, uh, met Fab. You know what I mean? Met Puff at right. the album release, and it was just, boom, everybody, you know, they love my spirit, my energy. Right. And I was just lacing them. And then right. that's what y'all saw, because, you know what I mean, y'all younger than me. Right. That lit up y'all. And like, yeah. damn, that's in my city? You know what I mean? So, you know, from there, you know, like, so all that, like, me picking up, Picking out the jerseys and working with Nike and Adidas with the colorways of what we releasing, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It just like it changed the whole hip hop culture around. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And and with all that, like other fashion, they see that like from every fashion brand copied off of what we were doing, colorways, yeah. uh aesthetic, silhouettes, all that. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like, wow. Kid from West Philly dropped out of high school, sure. influenced the whole world. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, for sure. How long? How long um, after you partnered up with them did it take for it to expand like that? I mean, with less than a year. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, like well, less than within six months, MTV was interviewing me, and I'm like, and I never. It just always like what they want to know about me. I'm mm. like, I'm doing this for hip hop culture, but. I didn't see at the time that it's like, no, people want to know the backstory of you, how you just changed the whole culture. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. Then I was seeing it because Sway, he interviewed me uh, when he was with MTV News. And he was like, nah, dog. And I, you know, like I I admired him. I used to listen to Wake Up Show, Mm -hmm. Late Night Power 99. It's like, man, he coming to interview me. Yeah, yeah. He came down to Philly and everything. So it was... uh, yeah, it was monumental. Because you had to understand yeah. now, you the face of a brand that really ain't nobody know about yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely was the face. Definitely still yeah. is the face. Yeah, I mean, right. I yeah that's yeah. true. Because we don't know nothing about it yeah. until you I, I broke can't, the I've never seen a picture of the guy, Peter. I, like, i never seen a picture <laughs> of him. Like, ever. Yeah, it was uh, uh-huh. something. That, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, athletes and rappers was paying other people for my number like Lil Wayne <laughs> called me I'll never forget that he told me he paid five grand for my number it's like I remember I was walking uh, down 6th Ave in New York and he was like yeah you know what I mean Big Rule so yeah he's like it's Wheezy I was like yeah what up and uh, he's like yo I'm saying I'm doing a, a video shoot you know what I mean? He's like, I paid five G's to get your number. Crazy. Somebody came. And I still don't know who I'm the about to person say, yeah, whoever, yeah, whoever yeah, that was crazy. came up. Somebody came, came up. up. Yeah. I need so, five racks. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know the uh, the fluctuation of money. 
back in 2001, five grand is damn probably like 20. Yeah, yeah. 20, 40. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was was crazy, you know what I mean? I met up with them and everything. It came to New York and they flew me down to uh, New Orleans. And and that's one of the things. I never wanted to be in any videos. Right. I'm in a couple, but I was, I always made a point. I'm not Jacob the jeweler. Right, right. you ain't in it you know, for that. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, because and and I figured that out. It's like it make me more intriguing and a mystery. Yeah, right. You Definitely. know what I mean? So Definitely. much. For sure. And yeah, yeah. I think I know a video that is. I think Wayne had the Jerry Rice. Wayne had a couple couple jerseys on that joint. He definitely had the white Jerry Rice on and a couple other joints, I think. I think it was like the joint I'm a stunner. Mm-hmm. That I one was that Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, had a lot of jerseys. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, a lot of them, I was on their sets, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. the, the joint they did with clips, you know what I mean? Yeah. Who that boy? You ain't want to yeah, be in a video dancing no. with the two crystal no. in your hand and <laughs> shit? No, no, Shoulder man. bopping. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I thought you was going to behave the Yeah, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's. Uh, you you right, know what I mean? I, I, I get a lot of it, and it's <laughs> like, no. I, I'm cool. I, I n- that wasn't ever my demeanor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, no, I'm, I'll be right here. I enjoy all this and right. watch y'all do y'all thing. I'm just happy that, you know, that this product that I saw when I was 17, that's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I know bef- before Mitchell and, like, everybody just wore, like, regular jerseys. And I know Fab was like a Jersey King. So, like, how was your relationship? How you relationship with Fab? We we travel. Like, Fab would come to Philly. And, I mean, like, I'm not a strip club dude. And Fab be like, man, let's go to Atlanta. I'm like, you know, that's my homie. Right. Take me to Magic City Mondays and all that. (laughs) Chilling. You know what I mean? We in L.A. together. You know what I mean? Staying at the W Hotel. But, you know what I mean? Like, uh, when he came here, do shows, I take him up to Original Chicken and Pete's on Frankfurt and Robbins and everything. So, you know what I mean? He's a real good friend. So, they uh, interviewed him for my documentary and everything. He okay. came down, Philly Lapstone and Hammer. Okay. You know I mean, did a, uh, a few Instagram posts, like, letting everybody know, like, yeah, this is the guy that yeah. put it all together. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we, we you know, we still close. What, uh, whatever celebrities you build a relationship with? I mean, you name it. It's just like, man, like... And, and it's crazy because a lot of them cats, they just love me for my genuineness. Like, right. I curse out Puff and and, <laughs> and Jay-Z. And they like, I. what can I say? It's like, because they don't get that in their regular nah, life. they got yes You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got yes for uh, you, don't, you don't give them that celebrity status. No, nah, no. Nah. Like, you regular like me, cuz. Yeah, because I, I never. the same way. Yeah, I never forget. Um, we had a rehearsal at um, Daddy's house, and um, it was um, all the hitmen and uh, Puff, Clark Kent, uh Loon just came home, but we all in a circle, and we talking this and and I didn't offer instinct. I was like, "Yo, chill." <laughs> like, he's like, 
And everybody looked, and I ain't think nothing of it. And Clark, he pulled me to the side. He was like, man, that's why I love you. So I you my little brother, man. I fucks with you. You don't care about none of this shit. <laughs> right. He said, you just told Puff to shut the fuck up. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody do that. Like, right. So the, the <laughs> next morning, I get I get out the hotel room. I meet uh, Loon, and we about to go back in the studio. And Puff come through with his Ferrari and everything. Hey, Big Rude, fuck you. <laughs> so he had to, like, he'd drive his joint. And then wherever he stopped, security would get out and cover his car and everything. But it was the craziest moment. You should have seen it. It was like, you know, he was playing around. But it was just like, oh, that's my, that's my right. get back. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> so what was your... Um, is that like your personality or like your hustle? How do you build so many relationships with all these people through the through the um, like partnering with the newspaper, um, Mitchell and Ness, having well, being in restaurants and things like that? I, I think one is just it's like you are all of us individuals in here, <laughs> but you going back, you pulling back fabric that if I know something about. I find out something about you that you like, and that's your, and I go into like, wow, that's your passion. Right. And I can embark on a conversation that make us build. Okay. So I was like that, like when Scarface came to Mitchell and Ness, and um, we, uh, we, I took them under, so above Mitchell and Ness was like our history thing. It's called Read More Books where all the old magazines where right. we got the photos of the uniforms and everything and I was talking to Scarface about his love. I knew he loved the Houston Oilers. Mm. Right. And he loved Joe Morgan. Right. So talking to him about that. Peter was standing there and everything with Scarface manager. He was like he was bewildered. He's like how did you find this stuff? I said, I read up on him. Yeah. He was one of my, you know, hip-hop idols yeah. growing up. Yeah. Like, it's just not what he did. It's like his backstory. So we became cool. Like, he did uh, MTV Cribs. Uh -huh. And that I happened to call him while he empty and he answered the phone. Right. And Big Rube, like, right. that's, you know what I mean? So all these things about a certain you know, personality or world leader that I've met and everything always went back to not what people just talk about, talking about, like, go into a layer that sparks something that they'll never forget you. Okay. You know what I mean? I I just, because I love reading about people. Right. right. You know what I mean? I, I love, because we all came here, I always say this and I implore this, we all the same. Our right. motivation what separates us. For sure. Your motivation to get up and do what you got to do to get the A to Z, that's what separates us. Right. Because if you put if our hand over any of our nostrils, we going to go. Right. For sure. From Queen Elizabeth to Bill Gates, whoever. Right. It's a wrap. Yeah. But your motivation to like, okay, I'm going to endure all this ridicule. I'm going right. to... A lot of people ain't built for that. For sure. They just not. Right. You not know what I mean? So that's, you know, when you have that passion, 
man. And that like come from your, that come from your upbringing. Yeah, basically. no doubt, yeah. no doubt. Because it was like you know, I grew up. Grandma grabbed me up, thirteen years old. What you gonna do for the rest of your life, you little nigga? I'm like, no, uh, uh, no, America. You you was born with two strikes. I mean, you was born a black male in this society. That's two. They right. don't have your best interests in mind. Yeah. You have to do something to not be put in that bag. For sure. So my thing was, I used to get on the bus. I never sat on the back of the bus, you know. I know y'all generation too grew. Like you know the team, right? I know no, what you said. Grandma said, no, we don't play that. I went in the front of the bus reading about W.B. Du Bois, Malcolm X, Langston right. Hughes. Okay, Rube, this and that. I, I didn't even hear the noise. Right. You know what I mean? I'm flipping pages. Mm-hmm. And there's people that that get to reach out to me on something like, I remember you used to do that. Right. That's why you here. That's why right. you there. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. You was building blocks. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know what I mean? So, um, what was, what's your favorite jersey, like your personal favorite? Uh, well, I can say sports. Well, baseball is my favorite sport. Uh-huh. So, my favorite baseball Jersey is a sleeveless 1963 Roberto Clemente. Gotcha. Yeah, that was like and as awesome. a wool jersey. Gotcha. Everything. Yeah, my uh, favorite football jersey. You know, uh, Eric Dickinson Rams and but the Steelers is my favorite team. Okay. But so I wore well, I wore his Colts jersey in my um, HBO special they did on me. And um, but Eric Dickinson, I'll give you another story. Um, I'm sitting at Papa Do's, uh, 2003 Super Bowl in Houston, right? So I'm in there and I'm like, I look over the corner, I see Rod Woodson and Eric Dickinson. Mind you, these are like my top five ever football, football players, players. got you. And know what you know what they do? They come up to me, introduce themselves to me. Mm-hmm. The craziest thing, I'm a little kid <laughs> idolizing this. Yeah. Eric Dickerson runs like a gazelle. Rob Woodson, <laughs> my favorite D-back on yeah. and on Pittsburgh Steelers. Eric, like, and they come up like, excuse me, like literally, excuse me, I, I don't want to interrupt you, right. but uh, Big Rube, like we – you know what I mean? We know it. Thanks for what you're doing. You know what I mean? Making our jerseys popular again. And boom, right. we sitting over there with our family. Can we come? And they walk me over and introduce me to their family. Like, like literally, I could have fainted, but I had to hold it together. <laughs> like, what up? Rob Woodson and Eric Dickinson, my football heroes in the same room, come up and said they want to meet me. Right. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, That's I just think about that Nas and uh and uh common song, Ghetto Dreams. Like right. yeah. and it, it's look, it's it's crazy. That's what I was like, man, my book gonna be so crazy, like <laughs> yeah, the, the things that I embarked on, you know, shaking Michael Jackson hand. Right. Rick James take me on a tour around his crib, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, hanging out with Jamie Foxx at the Playboy Mansion. Eesh. It's just, yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just uh, like I said, a kid with a a dream, 
longer than his arms length and just man. What Jay says, shit, I live a life you could write a book on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite stuff? jersey? Yo, you had like twenty of them, John. Um, I really ain't got a favorite, but I know my first throwback was uh, Jeff George, Atlanta Falcons, the white junk. Oh yeah, um, number one. Yeah. Right. Um, my my best one of my best friends is named Meat. It was a hand me down joint that had a bleach stain on it. All right. Which one had the seventy five patch. On yeah, that. yeah, definitely. Right. But um, the first jersey I bought with my own money, um, Isaiah Thomas away, the blue joint. Okay. So that joint was that joint was major for me. Nice um, ribs on it. Then we was in the yeah. era yeah. of. 3X Jones, like yeah, touching the yeah. Street. I changed that, you know what I mean? Because you know, one thing I told my partner Peter, I was like, "Look, you know, for us to maximize everything, we got to go up in sizes, like because yeah. 52 was the biggest size, and they, two X, and yeah. they was only doing 54s for me because I was like, "Look, I wear my stuff bigger, right?" But like they. Custom from size forty to fifty two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. And I, I had the um, the the uh, companies, uh, <clears throat> the manufacturers that made a jersey because they right. was all made in the United States, and they just was going up. And they was flying in. It was just like before. Peter had to go to them and everything. They was all flying yeah. in because, like, everybody, it was lucrative for everybody. Yeah, for you sure. know what I mean? Like, hold up, we got to meet this guy, Big Rube, and everything. So, yeah, like, my first anniversary party, all of them, all of the manufacturers and everything, they sponsored a, a one year anniversary party for me at Mitchell and Ness. Because uh, okay. it was just like, hold up, right? <laughs> this is, right. this is guy just, Man, it just keep blowing up. You know so, what I mean? So you the one that picked out like all the jerseys that was gonna drop. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's, all that's like, you know, the accessories like doing the t shirts, the headbands yeah. and the uh, you know, the sweatband, all that, you know what I mean? The 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 branded stuff because like I said, Mitchell Ness became a household name. Yeah. You know what I mean? You heard Slim Thug on there, you like yeah. and I met him before that record dropped, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's like this at the Magic Convention. You ever heard of that? Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, in Vegas. Yeah. So this is two thousand one. Literally at the Magic Convention, Mitchell Ness was over in the sporting goods section, and you know, like everything was popping off in the so-called urban whatever. I had to catch a shuttle bus over to the different convention, and I'm carrying pamphlets. Uh huh. You know, telling everybody, oh, this and that. Literally six months later, I needed security to walk around the magic show. Literally. Jeez, everybody crazy. was trying to, because the, between the, the me being in the, you know, and this is before social media and everything. Like So when I was in USA Today, everybody heard about it. Right. When I was on MTV News, when I was on the Today Show, mm-hmm. everybody saw that. You know right. what I mean? So it was like, that's Big Rube. Like, right. it was just kind of like, I gave people like, let me take a picture with you because I have a few people that I met and I'm still cool with today that they saw me from day one. I told them what was about to pop. Right. And it was like, you did it. Yeah, <laughs> so dope. You did it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was wild. It was wild. Who was, yeah. um, like who was the main consumers of throwbacks at that time? 
Oh, us. It was. Yeah, I figured it was. Uh, no, right it was before, right yeah. before. It no, was, well, you know, it's just like with anything um, that you do, you you create a product and you have an end consumer in mind. That's right. what it is. All mm-hmm. right. So now another consumer comes and gravitates to, towards that. That's called the free market. It's right. like, okay, wow, I like this. You know, they discovered your brand. Mm. Right. Whatever you're doing. So me, I was the one that just like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I was always called an old soul. Like, I never seen Roberto Clemente play, right. but I heard and seen the highlights mm-hmm. and just him being a humanitarian, I gravitated towards right. him. Like, okay. So, Peter, he, you know, him being growing up in two generations, he's actually older than my mother. Mm-hmm. So, he designed these, the company to like, okay. Middle-aged white men will love this, like Joe DiMaggio, right? Um, you know, Don Mattingly, all these people that, okay, they would love wearing their heroes. It's right. like, okay, well, it's enough. Everybody loves sports in some yeah. way. So, okay, well, it's a market that you never knew nothing not about. Even, you ain't tap into it. Never, you know what I mean? So I was that caveat. Yeah. And— that's what it was. You know, you know what? Uh, my favorite throwback. I never, I didn't buy it because it cost five hundred dollars. Uh, <laughs> the doctor, the the Sixers warm up. All right. The, the, oh, uh, all right. Joe with the Liberty Bell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh so my God. I give you a story on that. Uh, so Freeway, that's my guy, West Philly. You know what I mean? My mm-hmm. daughter, mom went to school with him. Like, you know what I mean? Known long time. So I got the sample for the joint. Right. So I hit he freeways like, look, we we performing at um, Electric Factory tonight. Right. I, you know what I mean? I need that. I was like, man, free. So you know what it is. So he gave me a stack for it. Sheesh. So next thing you know, go to the show backstage. Jay Z, Jay Z got him for it. Jay Z, <laughs> wearing the warm up performing at the electric. Oh, man. electric. Oh, he that, was that like, bull, yeah, man. you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, you know what I mean? He said, hey, he I saw us. Yeah, it was crazy. He took everything for the prop. Yeah, yeah. yeah he said, that was he on said, last saw, night, too. Yo, that bro. was crazy. He was like, he, he saw it. He had, for the prop, yeah, man. he had to wear it. was, no, that, yo, that's that was crazy. Joint. Yeah. That's a dope joke. Yeah, that, that joke um, was crazy. Then you make it, uh, and excuse me, miss. I think it's the joint, like, Miss Bleak still smoking that lot. Uh, Oh yeah, the, you, made um, it, you made it. Yeah, uh, for freeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Mitchell. On that. It was a uh, Steeler silhouette. Right. And, uh, put the Mitchell and Ness logo on there. How He's much? A, Go ahead. Did you did you make the uh, whole fade to black? The John. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, you made yeah, that John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he called me. Uh, yeah, that was uh, he got a tongue lashing for that. <laughs> I mean, Steelers game. Everybody know that know me. Like Kanye was mad at me because I ain't go to his uh, show at the Leah Chorus Center. It was right. um, he was like, so the next day I see him at the Bape Store. Him at Don C. Like, man, I ain't fucking with you, Rube. You ain't coming <laughs> to my show. I laid it out for you. I was like, man, look, when my Steelers playing, it's shut, shut down. down. It's shut down. So, <laughs> 
Jay called me. He was like, I said, man, what the fuck you want? Like, <laughs> I still I, I need I need the life size jersey. You know what I mean? Like the the banner jersey for um, you know the, the concert. I was like, all right. So I called Peter. He called the uh, manufacturer in uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, Missouri. And within less than two days, it was at the Def Jam office. Yeah. So. The crazy thing about it is it was a concert for charity. Everybody, uh-huh. So he's like, yeah, I got six tickets for you. I said, I looked at him like, what? <laughs> oh, no. Nah. I said, I'm bringing me. So I squeezed like four more tickets out of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And if y'all ever see the, the beginning of it and you see me in the beginning of I have a jersey on. They I, think I, a, I think I I'm noticed you, but I never that, noticed yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, that's me. On Fade to Black. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that's me, you know what I mean? But, uh, that shit on tight. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, yeah, just like, especially when Michael Buffer did the joint yeah. and seeing that, I cried, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because that whole backstory to that it was yeah. like, yeah, that happened a Sunday. That was Tuesday. That was a Tuesday evening, right. that concert. Mm-hmm. So from that call, that Sunday afternoon, tongue lashing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Cause, uh, what was the most uh, somebody dropped in there? Because I know we went in there like All-Star Weekend and like we oh, seen Lil John. Yeah, we right, seen like yeah. Lil John. Uh, yeah, all right. Of course, yeah. Freeway. That was Young Boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, yeah we, that we, was. We, so y'all <laughs> met me because. I was, you know, like, I was basically like, because you never catch me in the store. You know, I'm always traveling and everything. And so I just, you know, to be the liaison and people meeting me, I was there. You know what I mean? So it was like, i never forget, like, the Chicago Hustlers. I made like twenty grand in cash that whole week. Just Jeez. cats, just yeah, like you, you know what I mean. Like they paying what they weigh. Like right. man, I ain't waiting that because mm-hmm. the line went from twelve twenty nine to like where Elvez is now. Right, mm-hmm. the right. Sansom Street. Right. Is so them dudes like man, look, I ain't like <laughs> come on now. <laughs> so, yeah, like and I remember Ashton Kutcher had him up there. Remember the balcony. You know what I mean? Had, he was up there playing him and Matthew Lillard. Uh-huh. They up there. Um, yeah, it was just it was everybody came through. It was just crazy. It yeah, because um, like yeah. I said, I seen them and and like you said, you charged freeway a stack for the jersey. So I'm pretty sure like somebody had to drop something crazy in there. Oh yeah, time. but like just um, for end consumer, it was the Japanese guys. Japanese guys used to come every month. And they dropped 200K cash at one time. So they, like, the $300 jerseys in their money was like 2000 American dollars. Uh-huh. They, they'd take that back and sell it. And they'd come, <laughs> like, just, like, real talk. Like, ain't none of that credit card stuff. they come with 200K <laughs> cash, Dang. drop it in the store, leave with boxes of jerseys, take back to Japan. Yeah, it was, yeah. Who set that up? That was you, or that was uh, no? I mean, they, they you just know, just to, they, just well, you know, one hip-hop, thing right. about yeah, you you know, I mean, Japanese. They are my. They the only people that consume our culture and pay homage to it. Okay, right. you know, what I mean, just like when uh, you know, with bathing Nate with Nigo, like when he opened his store, 
You know what I mean? Like, we got an iconic picture we took together. He gave me a pair of babes. I gave him Mitchell on this jacket and everything. Like, I was the first one to walk in the babe store. Okay. You know what I mean? Because he admired me. Like, you know what I mean? He wanted to meet me. He had his translator telling me how much, you know what I mean, he felt he me. Yeah. That's two of my favorite designers growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a babe head, and I love Mitchell mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um. So um, you know, you know when um, when Jay said I don't wear jerseys, uh, I don't wear jerseys. I'm thirty plus. Mm-hmm. Did that actually slow the sales of Mitchell and us? It, it it did incrementally. You know what I mean? But like, you know, as I told people in uh, public or private, it was like he's so much of uh, a love for the culture, the product. He saw the way. You know, y'all seen people doing high school jersey. Right. And it was just all the slum that was out there. Uh-huh. And it's just like something that I love that that you know what I mean, he knew the backstory, he knew me. Right. Knew the backstory like how this thing grew in its infancy and how it just got crazy. So, you know, him being an artist, you know what I mean, that's what right. you know, he said, you know what I mean? So it didn't uh I wasn't. I didn't take no offense to it. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. yeah. then, when you think about it, if us, we were still younger then. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he he's thirty plus, and we just all looked at it like, well, damn, that's it for Jersey. Even though we was under thirty, everybody still no, we still just was like, fuck it, can't wear jerseys no more because Jay Z mm-hmm. said it. Yo, it was just he got the influence on the culture. So what the fuck we going to do now? Yeah. Now it's big ass button ups and yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, that that, that big blew ass my mind. Phillies hats and Yankees uh, fitted. Yeah, like. that, that that blew my mind. So yeah. so when did you stint at Mitchell and that's in? Well, I mean, I built up the the branded line. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you. You were able to buy T-shirts, sweatsuits, jackets with Mitchell Ness, and I wanted to, you know, keep it moving to another, just keep building that. And I had built my own brand, our Harley brand, uh-huh. and I wanted to concentrate on that. And, um, you know, so I, I'm the one, if I don't see, you know, growth in what I want to do in my partnership, they don't see eye to eye. I'm, you know, I can bow out gracefully. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the five and a half years, it was like, okay, time to go. You know. Right. I mean? you know. Then when did you decide to? I know you said you chef before, but when did you decide to now? This is about to be uh, my thing. I'm I'm in this lane now. Well, you know, I was just uh, I love just doing what I love to do, mm-hmm. and. That came about doing a photography job. Right. And I always cooked them. You know, even Mitchell and that stuff, like, get, you know, take it back a little bit. Um, we at the House of Blues in Vegas, and uh, it was me. We Everybody had left, and we just all around kicking. It was Beans, me, Puff, Jay-Z, Nelly, Jermaine Dupree, and... Yeah, Beans was drinking everything. Oh like, shit! Fuck that! Fuck that! <laughs> He's like, man, y'all, 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 dick riding rude because of them jerseys and everything. <laughs> but this motherfucker cook his ass off. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that. So I'm staying with Puff and I'm at the Rio, and 
this was during around uh, magic time. It was, you know, all kinds of parties every night. <laughs> and it was just like, so Puff was like, all right, Bean said that, you're going to cook. So I made him my lasagna. Right. And it was just like. We're looking back. Yeah, yeah. It was do you crazy. like, see, do you basically, are you reinventing yourself with all these other stuff? Because I know in the article you said, like, all these different hustles you do, stuff that you love is like having octopus arms. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like I said, are they just hustles that you see yourself doing? Or are they like, you say, you re, you doing this, all right, I'm done with that. Let me move on to something else. No, they more or less my passions. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I, I look at it like everybody's life is a book. A lot of people just get stuck in chapters. Mm, right. They don't know how to flip the page. So, you know, um, I'm just exploring my passions and, you know, then flip going, moving forward to the cooking stuff. It was like, so I did a photography job for a restaurant and I just told the owner, a friend of mine, I said, look, I could cook. I can make a mean lasagna. It's mm-hmm. documented. So he was like, well, let's do a guest chef opportunity. He was right. like, just guest chef appearance. So it went so well, and I brought a new audience to, you know, that in the last 10 years that I picked up. Mm-hmm. So they came out all these, like in two, less than two hours, sold four big banquet pans of lasagna. Right. So it was just like a light bulb theory, like, okay, I mean, we, all the restaurateurs is friends of mine and I just and I saw the response of like wow let me go in my right. old bag of tricks and bring <laughs> these people that don't know about the culinary side right and it just it just steamrolled like right. wow like man people doing pop-up and this was before pop-ups anybody was talking about I was uh, I was marking them as guest chef appearance. Right. And next thing you know, I'm the king of pop-ups. Right. People tell me that eight years ago, nobody was doing pop-ups in Philly. Yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Pop-up shop. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. thing in Philly. Yeah, so, you know what I mean, doing that, and that propelled into Big Roots Fried Chicken, the brand, and everything now. I'm about to open up two ghost kitchens right. with my partner, Aaron Anderson, and um, I'm about to uh, do brick, brick and mortars once all this madness is over mm-hmm. okay. for everything. So I have Big Rube Fried Chicken, Big Rube's Halal Bur- Beef Burger Bar, Big Rube's Philly Cheese Steak, Big Rube's Infamous Chocolate Chip Cookies, and Big Rube's uh, Breakfast Sandwiches. All right. these are all concepts that can stand alone within itself. Right. You know what I mean? And so it'll, like, be, it'll be a shop for each one yes, of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's heavy. And, um, yeah, people. And, and, you know, and I'm bringing our culture, which is black folk cooking. I always right. tell people, I correct them. They're like, what style you cook? I said, cook black folk. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, Southern, we didn't come up with that. The Southern is basically gentrified of what they call soul food. Right. And, and I always, like, when to correct people, it's like, why, when it comes to our cuisine, they reduce us to soul food? Right. Think about this. If you eat in linguine, what you eating? Italian food. If you eat in lo mein, what you eating? Japanese food. If you eat in schnitzel or or a, a, um, a waffle, like they call it by its name. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. yo, that, is, that yeah. is dope they, as hell that yeah. you did that. Yeah, they call it by its name, but... America cuisine is black folk food, Damn. but nobody 
is 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 brave enough to say it till I came along. Right. And it's like when I tell people like, damn, I never thought but that that's what no, it is. I got that's how yeah. I'm thinking now. I'm like, yeah. damn, that make a lot of sense. Yeah. It's black folk yeah, cooking. So, is. Yeah, so But we call so it that, so they, yeah. they call it soul food. Yeah, exactly. Like, no. Nah. Black folk call it what it is. You and know it's crazy because mm-hmm. they pushed it on us. Yeah. We call it yeah, food. So right. the dumbest mm-hmm. shit in the world. Yeah. Man, it's tough, man. Let's do it. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, and I, I look at the cooking channel and Food Network all the time. Like, I'm watching this Korean guy said, eating there. He said, it's like soul food. It's like, hold up, you calling your cuisine that? It's like, so. Soul food is so broad, you can't put an ethnicity around it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So when I when you say black folk cooking, you know where it's at. Right. And that no mistaking. Right. It's like people's like, well, where mac and cheese came from? It's like, okay, the Italians moved in the South in the late 18, 1800. They had Italians was considered black at that time. You know what I mean? So they was relegated. So they integrated with the American black people right. in the South. So they traded off. Like get it's um I make a dish called barbecue um, spaghetti. Okay. Now it's our barbecue sauce with the Italian spaghetti. It's marinara and barbecue sauce mixed. This is facts. This is uh, history. Right. This is came about in the late 1800s mm. that this dish came because the integration of Italians and black folks in America. So that's how the macaroni and cheese came about. Oh, okay. They brought them. Yeah. But there's no macaroni and cheese in Italy. Right. You can't <laughs> find. There's no such thing. No. That's what we they came no up with. Big Mac and all yeah, that. No, no. Yeah, no, no. Big Mac. Yeah, sure. yeah, no. So that's the and I'm so much of a historian because I have old folks in my both sides of my family that taught me this stuff. Right. It's like no, and I know today's youth they not connected with the elders. Right. You know what I mean? Like somebody, somebody. Y'all Asian, like black said buttermilk fried. I said, what self-respecting black person make buttermilk fried chicken? Right. You're not connected mm-hmm. to your old folk. Buttermilk right. is for biscuits. Right. No self-respecting black person <laughs> make <laughs> fried chicken with buttermilk. That's right. gentrified shit. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We don't do that for right. buttermilk. <laughs> the hell you nah. You brine that chicken. You put in the flour in some regions of black folks down south. They do an egg wash and all, but my yeah. family never did that. Okay. Right. Straight from the brine, the flour, fry the bitch. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it was. So I peeped that you like you're a historian, um, and you're very knowledgeable. Uh, would you ever want to do like seminars or classes on how to teach teach these young brothers about their history? Um, I would love to. Like I like I'm I'm ver- I'm versed in public speaking because all those years in Mitchell Ness and the press that I got People wanted to hear my story, you know, right. me being a high school dropout right. and everything and changing the whole company, a culture. So I did public speaking at universities, prisons, uh, youth study centers and everything. Right. And it really like um, and I always was nervous doing it. You know, what I mean, it wasn't. But I was so humble that. People reached out, you know what I mean? And they paid me for a few of these joints. Like, right. 
like, wow, you know what I mean? So I am going to embark on, you know, uh, public speaking and motivational because sure. I talk to people all walks of life and, like, you you need to, you know, get your story out there sure. and just, you know, build on, like you said, the the, the facts that most people lack in our, yeah. you know what I mean, in our circles. It's like, you know, I, I put up this, I don't know if you saw my post that I put up, you know, the inventor of the ice cream scoop. Yeah, yeah. How many, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Don't yeah. know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, the light's on in here because of Lewis Latimer. Sure. You know what I mean? So all these things, if we knew the greatness that we come from, we wouldn't act the way we act. For sure. For sure. Uh, real quick, back to the restaurant thing. Yes. The OG. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you birth this at? So I make a few different versions of uh, the sandwich. Because um, real quick, I went mm -hmm. when I went to grab one, yeah. I was grabbing the last one, yeah. and then my man came and he was trying to cop 10. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you. I'm like, you, I can't wait to see what this sandwich about yeah. there. Yeah, he came in. He, he, was, was, he was like, yo, I needed 10. And and like, he, drove, he drove all the way from Deptford, New Jersey, too. So that yeah. lets you know where is that? That's let you know where the crack at. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, the the sandwich, the salt, baby mama sauce, all that. Where did all that come from? So I did it really out of a kind of a whim because where I was doing a pop up in the fish town on corner Frankfurt and Gerard called Garage. So they don't have a fryer in the kitchen. So I had to par fry my chicken and then like. And then finish it off in the pot, and just the volume of business I was getting, mm -hmm. it just it wasn't conducive. So I was like, "Man, let me make a chicken sandwich." So, and I mean, it, the same process, my brine and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, "That's more faster. I can par fry that, have it ready, drop it." So it was just like just playing with stuff. Like I said, well. I don't want to give nobody no regular mayonnaise, so I came up with the holler sauce, which I was calling special sauce. Mm -hmm. my, my big brother, my birthday big brother, Mike, that you met at the okay. kitchen, you know what I mean? He was like, man, you need to, he said, everybody know you for the moniker holler. He said, call it holler sauce. So I came up with that, you know, um, sauce. It's mayonnaise-based with my other. That's what the holler sauce is. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um. You know, I had to put the baby mama sauce <laughs> on there, and I make house pickles. Mm -hmm. And um, that that artisan roll is my my good friend Lou Karangi. Um That's where our guy Joe Fab he get his bread from on okay. uh, Oregon Avenue. So it was just like, just you know, it, it all came together step by step. And because um, I was like, I I don't like real. Anybody deal pickles? I right. I know how to pickle. I worked in kitchens, right. so I came up with that. That because uh, if you taste my, well, you taste the right. pickle. It has a, a sweet, it has a sweet uh, taste to it. But and then you, you taste that that vinegary too. Right. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what so. the bun was special too, because it was like yeah. some sauce and like some type of uh, stuff in the middle of the bun. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's um, my like. If you know, well, when you get off air, I confit the garlic, okay. and that's basically 
like a thousand garlic bulbs in low and slow in oil. Mm-hmm. So that thing, the oil is just basically based in the garlic. So it's all infused. And then I put it in the blender with <laughs> butter. So mm-hmm. I, I'm dropping butter in there. It's just like a whole culinary right, process. I was but, telling him, yeah, like, not, if you want yeah. dinner, then yeah. you get, because this chicken is no joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you make sure you want dinner, then you eat, you spend a couple dollars. Yeah, you going to have to this, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Most indeed, yeah. dog. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. He stop playing with Popeyes and yeah. stop playing with Chick Fil A, man. Go down go to SP and come, yo. Go get the real chicken, yo, because that, that shit ain't no joke. Yeah, and and thank you because that's a real attention to detail. Everything that I explain is like, okay, yeah, you can go get that whatever how much those other ones cost, but you talking about something that was frozen mm-hmm. and everything at travel, and you're not getting. Like you getting halal chicken that mm-hmm. I brine, right? That, Not that fresh. You get that fresh you one. got that was fried that day, right? You know what I mean? So that 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 type of stuff, like you have to pay a premium for that. You know right. what I mean? And at the end of the day, your your digestive system gonna love it too. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I use unbleached flour, and most people like what you mean is like. Uh, the flour that most people consume is the same bleach that they you bleach your clothes with. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is that's what it is. It's right. chlorine. Right. They bleach that flour. No, I use unbleached flour. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm using the best component. I'm giving you something that I would eat. I will never serve anybody anything I wouldn't eat. So it's a premium product, and I know that everybody's not going to gravitate to it. But mm-hmm. I'm only worrying about the people that are going to gravitate to it and they going to get the bus. Like I said, the boy, yeah. he wanted 10. He was he was sad. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> no, that was crazy. So, yeah. 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 so if you come in the cop 10, then you know that this sandwich, <laughs> this sandwich got to taste good somewhere. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> my man wasn't playing. Uh, it was a post you posted recently, maybe a few weeks ago, about, um, it was a few of them. How like younger kids don't know like how you were responsible for the whole weed with Mitchell and us, and yeah, there was uh, yeah. another. I guess it was a, one of the uh, white women in the office. They didn't know who you was. How do you how do you feel feel about that? It, it's disheartening. I ain't gonna lie. Like I, I feel sometimes I don't wear it as a badge. Like damn, you know what I mean? But it's like. At the end of the day, like Dave Chappelle said, I want to know where my hot dog came from. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, how are you at a job working in the office at a company that I built? Because one begets another. It's like, right. if I didn't come this way, you don't benefit off of that. Your right. whole livelihood is based on what I did. You know what I mean? Right. Just like, we're here because our ancestors sacrifice something. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They saw in whatever spirit they had that they want to see us be here. So they had to, you know what I mean? They basically, and they were strong. Right. So for me to do all that and to say, I never heard of you. Right. That's that's disrespectful. And whoever the current owners is and has been from Adidas, Reebok Adidas, and has a private equity firm that owns Adidas, like 
how you telling the story of Mitchell Ness and selling it to still my culture? Right. You selling the hip hop culture, but you wanna you you wanna hide my voice. Right. You know what I mean? You wanna hide who I am. That, like you you can't win from that. You right. like like trust that the real story is gonna get out and people not gonna look favor on y'all. It's like, okay, yeah, you got this cool problem, but how you gonna do this man like that? You know what I mean? Like For you sure. said, they don't owe me financially, but you owe me to tell the right, the Not correct story. At least story. respectfully. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like if you go into the joint on 12th Market, it should be a damn. Your jersey, should picture, be in right. a, your jersey should be in the Raptors there, cause yeah, no for doubt, sure. and um, I, I, I firmly believe that. No, for sure, for sure. Have you been sure. in there since, like, since the? I did the, when um, the documentary that the people that's doing my documentary, okay, was uh, Clark and um, a few other people came in, you know, to talk about me. So I did go in there for that. Okay, and um, when they unveiled Iverson rookie jersey and everything and. The uh, PR people, they begged me to come and be there <laughs> and shake hands with Peter and all that for a photo op yeah. and all that. So, okay. Yeah, but I, I don't make my point to go over there. Right, because, right. You know, I, I have great <laughs> friends. Like I said, they they go in there and they tell it and the, the current employees and they act like they got 10 heads. Like, what? Big Rube? Who's that? It's like. Are you kidding me? Right. You know what I mean? No. You got to have a Franklin Saint moment yeah. in there. Like, I built this shit brick <laughs> by brick. Yeah, just like, <laughs> think about this. Like, you got, you see what Kentucky Fried Chicken doing, KFC, wherever. Yeah. They they got celebrity actors, whatever, playing Colonel Sanders. Right. right. They got cartoon, like, they pay homage to the beginning, even mm-hmm. though, yeah, he stole that recipe from an old black woman and <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. But the fact that they pay homage to the origin of what, and I've been in Japan, they got KFC. Right. I've been in Germany. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that's all. <laughs> all, right. all right, we got we to wrap up. Um, Rube, let them know where they, they could come get the. Come get, get these this husky chicken, chicken sandwiches. These yeah. chicken sandwiches <laughs> with Dave, you can come get them. I yeah, got to well, get down there um, ASAP. Yeah, by the time, you know, y'all air this, um, I'm going to be in my ghost kitchen. And uh, you can follow me at Chef Big Rube's Kitchen on Instagram. Sure. Chef Big Rube uh, at Big Rube Harley. A, uh, B-I-G-R-U-B-E-H-A-R-L-E-Y, like the motorcycle, Big Rube uh-huh. Harley. Okay. And, um, yeah, just... Uh, you know, I'm going to be on all, like, uh, food app platforms. And, um, yeah, just get at me and, and, and grub. It's going to be the best. Like said, I won't feed any of y'all nothing that I won't eat. It's, uh, you know what I mean? It's organic, halal, and it's, it's the best black folk food you ever have. <laughs> right. Okay. I like um, that. All right, man. Um, the documentary. When the documentary you going to drop? Um, I, You know, that's... That's a film project. I, I really don't know, and I'm I'm patiently waiting because the more time is it, just uh, just putting more layers. Like just all these things more than I'm embarking on, they have to get to that because trust and believe what I'm putting down with all these concepts is going to change the whole sure. culinary world, the whole cultural world because the real story of black folk cooking is going to be told because 
and all the brick and mortars, I'm not apologizing for the images that I'm putting up. Right. Like I'm putting up slave images, Jim right. Crow images. Like, right. no, okay, you going and people like, oh well, and it's, it's sad. I'm gonna get a lot of backlash from people that look like us. Well, why are you putting that up? I was like, you know, that cuisine came out of that. Mm. The same token, they got that happened to them, but they had to put that on Massa's plate. Right. So we got to tell the whole story, yeah. the real story. We can't dumb down. We can't dumb down. Dumb nothing down. Nope. All right, Ma, you got anything? Can we go. Nah, that's it, man. Like I said, just. Go ahead, go support Big Rube, man. Check him out, man. Episode 94, rate, review, subscribe. Do all that. Make sure you send them comments in. See y'all. Send them to O. See y'all next week. Bye.